Hey guys, brand new podcast. Thank you to everyone in Cleveland. Thank you to everyone at Netflix, Levity, uh, UTA, my whole team, Andrew, all the guys I toured with, Shane, uh, Dave, Jesus. Rory. Rory, Ron. Thank you to everyone. It was uh, an amazing taping. An amazing two nights of taping. Amazing weekend in Cleveland. Thank you, everyone that came out. Very, very excited for this special. Um, I will let you know as soon as I know when it's coming out. And the bus does not stop moving. We are back in the swing of things. <clears throat> I am not touring. I'm in, in, in December, I think, on the 28th. I'm in the Borgata and the Pachanga on the 29th. Um, and then the Birdie Boy Tour starts up January 30th. We've got Burlington, Vermont. I think we've added a show there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Let's start off with two shows. By the way, yeah, we have added a show. Thursday, January 30th, two shows. Then we've got Rochester, New York, Dayton, Ohio, San Jose, Sacramento, Bakersfield, Indianapolis. We have added a show there. Evansville, Louisville, Medford. We've added a show in Medford. And I think we might add another one. That's great. I think those have sold out. I'm not certain. Fox Theater, Mass Nantucket. Portland, Wilkes Bar, Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Schenectady, Schenectady, we added a show. New York, the Beacon Theater, we added a show. DC at Dar Constitution Hall, New Orleans, Montgomery, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, Springfield, Springfield, Peoria, Sioux City, Cedar Rapids, Cedar Rapids, we added a show. Rockford, Illinois, Milwaukee, Green Bay, St. Louis, Durham, Knoxville, Nashville, Nashville, added a show at the Ryman. Atlanta, we've added a show at the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center. Wichita, Kansas, we've added shows. Prairie, Grand Prairie, Texas. Where the fuck is that? Somewhere on the prairie. I, I love playing Texas. I love Texas. But let me go through the rest of the dates. Austin, Tampa, Orlando. I think we're adding a third show in Orlando. Hollywood, Duluth, Fargo, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, we added a show. Greensboro, Charleston, Augusta, Charlotte, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minneapolis. It's so funny. I ended my tour in Minneapolis. I didn't hear you say Atlanta. I had a show in Atlanta, Cobb's Energy Center. Oh, Cobb's Energy Center. <clears throat> uh, new Two Bears, One Cave is out with Tom's dancing video. Uh, just remember, I uh, I uh, am the dance champ. Okay, that's all. Total. Can, as much money as Tom wants to throw at his problems, he can. I totally understand it. Uh, that's the way he solves things. It's called white privilege. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, just me, working class, you know, uh, Rust Belt comic you know just rust belt i don't know man just why are you negating me you're from tampa we partying tonight mm. you don't want to i am partied out man i can't keep up with you with your party 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 mode say i can't even talk i'm so tired i've been working really hard and i think this is my first week off yeah i'm working really hard for three months and so yeah and i go back we go into production monday morning yeah but I have a sneaky suspicion <laughs> this is going to be your every night until February. No, not at all. Uh, yes, it will. Why would you say that? Because I've lived with you a very long time. There's the 12 days of, of December, 12 There's days of Christmas. You don't know about me. Oh, my God. We were all you exhausted. Like you know me and you barely know me. I know you better than you know me. Running a 5K tomorrow. Yes. Hey, everyone have a great Thanksgiving. That's all I'll say to you. Have a great, great, great Thanksgiving. Um, I will see you on the Pretty Boy World Tour. Starting uh, January 30th, uh, and then those two dates in December. Other than that, I'm home. Check my Instagram. I'll be fucking around a lot. Call my number, 323-208-0844. Tom Segura and I are doing shows together this December in and around California. 
We are not going to release them on social media. We're not going to talk about it on our podcast. We're going to blow them up on our phone numbers. <clears throat> so if you want tickets, we this way we know that it's fans, that it's not just Johnny Johnny Come Lately. It's because we're writing, and uh, and we just want to write material and kind of hang out with each other and be able to like old school, like when we were young comics. So uh, Tom's number is ah uh, fuck eight one eight something. Just guess the next seven numbers. But um, but we will be doing shows in and around LA, maybe possibly even like a weekend together, um, where we're just writing and and the goal, uh, the reason we're using just the number is because that way we know that uh, you're not going to snitch on us if we fuck up a joke and it comes out politically insensitive. No one's going to write a blog or an article about us. That is where things have gone, folks. One would hope, anyway. Yeah. Well, no. I, anyone that anyone that has that number that texts me is a legit. Uh, I, I think is a legit fan. Like, not. I mean, and I don't think they would write a fucking blog to try to blow up our spots. But that's how you, when you write material, you got to fucking crack eggs to make the omelet. There you go. That's it, guys. T- without further ado, let's get the podcast started. Today's guest is Ethan Page. Ethan is a professional wrestler from, what is the name of Impact Wrestling. <clears throat> he reached out to me online and just was like, hey, man. I'm going to be in LA if you'd like to have a professional wrestler on your podcast. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind having a conversation with someone other than a comic every now and then. He did Zane Lamprey's podcast, came down to my house, did my podcast. And then like two weeks after that, he is in the ring with one of my favorite human beings ever. Do you know who one of my favorite human beings in the world is, Leanne? Me. No. Who? Superhuman. Don't know who that is. This is for Juggernauts and Juggernauts. Don't try this at home. Boop, boop. Fuck this shit. Yep. He went in the ring with Superhuman. Yeah. And uh, I don't know everything with wrestling jargon, but he put him over. Like he let him. I, I'm fucking this up, I'm sure. I have no he idea. He let him beat him. Yeah. And, you know, when he, he shouldn't beat him, but he yeah. did. And it was fucking beautiful. It was uh, so, so, so beautiful. That's awesome. It was so cool. And I'm so glad that I did a podcast with him and got to know him before that. Because it was one of my favorite things I saw online. I retweeted it. I shared it. Um, we have a great conversation. Uh, Ethan has a vlog on his YouTube channel. Do you know his YouTube channel, Halston? Yeah. His YouTube channel, which is awesome. I'm on his vlog. We recorded this a while ago. This is literally, I think, probably before even Sober October. Yeah, fake name, no gimmicks. We talk about wrestling. We talk a, a lot about wrestling. We talk about a lot of stuff. This conversation happened a while ago. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a fantastic... Does Ethan have a podcast? He should. He's a great guy. Um, We talk about WWE. We talk about Impact. We talk about the choices you make as a professional wrestler and and where your career goes. It's really a great conversation. You're going to love it. I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. I love you with all my heart. My name is Burt Kreischer. Without further ado, my wife has a podcast called Wife of the Party. Thanks, babe. Wife OPT. Right. OTP. Wife OTP. Wife OTP. Dot com. Um, dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, today's broadcast, Ethan Page. This is the broadcast. Yeah, so is that the belt? Yeah. Let me see that. Holson, you rolling? Holy shit. You rolling on everything? This is heavy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I got to travel with that, too. You travel with You can't check it. You got to carry it. Yeah. Carry it on. Do you have, like, a carrying case to carry it? Yeah, just that. No, no, no. That just fits in my bag. 
Yeah, you throw it in your backpack? Yeah. <laughs> Do people pull it out at security and they go, what the fuck is that? Pretty much. Holy shit. It is weird to travel <laughs> with it. So what's the premise behind a championship belt? It's a weightlifting belt, correct? No, I think it was like, I don't know, like a trophy, but for wrestling. <laughs> no, but like, like, like belts in general. Where should I fucking put this? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can put it anywhere. So like a belt, like a championship belt, like boxing. Talking about belts to hold your pants up? or No, no, no. Like yeah, a championship yeah. belt in boxing. But is the prep was the premise based on weightlifting? Like, because it looks like a weightlifting. Yeah, it's belt. like thick and leather. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Really? Hey, yeah. I wonder, Walston, see if you can find out where the the premise of a championship belt came yeah. from. So, when so thank you for coming out. By the way, <laughs> thanks for having me. This is the first time I've ever done this. I, I got a text from you, and you were like, or an email. Was yeah, it yeah, on yeah. Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. Yeah. And you were like, "Yo, um, the tag team champ in Impact." Am I right? Yeah. And you're like. uh, I just, I, I, I'm a fan of the podcast. I listen to the podcast. I know you listen to podcasts. And I, I felt uh, in, in whatever you sent on that text or that tweet, I felt kin to you. I felt like, okay, I feel like I'm this guy. So I get set up to do interviews and they're all stuff that nobody listens to or cares about. Yeah. And I was just like, why don't I just go on my own and try and find something that at least I know I would like. Yeah. And I listen to you all the time. So Dude, I'm like that. I, I That's my whole business model. Yeah. That's the reason I did hot ones. Hot ones, you know, hot ones. Yeah, I reached out to Sean Evans for like probably four or five years ago, and was like, <coughs> "Dude, I'm I love your show. Yeah, I would love to do it if you ever have uh, if you ever taking comedians." And he was yeah. like, "Ah, oh, we just do hip hop right now," and then all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, we're taking comedians. You want to do it?" But I, I believe that 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 is the way to put things out in the universe. Yeah, I think it, yeah, as long as you say it or try it, or like the worst thing is that you just wouldn't have responded. Okay. So it would have been in the same spot. The first belt given is a prize. I didn't even notice this giant TV when I watched Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is awesome. I'm a really bad out loud reader. Can you read? Uh, I guess. The first belt given as a prize for the accomplishments within the ring was presented in 1810 by King George III to Baron Uncle Boxer Tim Cribb after he defeated Tom. I'm not even going to try that last name. Oh, come on. You're Canadian. you got to be able to say that. Molinier? Molinex? slave. What? <laughs> he was a former slave. What a name for a slave. Mol oh, yeah. Molineux. So that was the first ever champion of anything? With a belt? belt, yeah. We have a Sober October belt that we that is residing at Rogan's right now. Yeah. That I plan on getting this year. And I thought you were going to win last year. I did not think I was going to win even remotely. I had no fucking... I made a very big miscalculation. <laughs> and that was taunting Joe. I... <laughs> I believed everything you were saying. Like, as a fan listening, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's got it. Mickey Mantle. He'll do it. Oh, he yeah. Can do it. <laughs> so I've been really questioning my Mickey Mantle gene lately. I rode a boat, from, <laughs> a bike from Philly to Atlantic City, and 18 miles in, I was like, fuck this. I was like, I can't. I don't have it. Like, you work out, right? Yeah. Do you? How? What? We're both fans of The Rock. So we'll talk yes. about The Rock in a second. We'll talk about The Rock in a okay. second. I want to talk about working out. I want to talk. I, I want you to. Tell everyone who you are. Sell yourself in like, in like, when I go, I just sure. came from a meeting at Legendary and I, I always assume no one knows who I am or anything about me. Same. So I'll try to throw in the things that I think are the bullet points that are interesting. Rolling Stone magazine, the Russian mafia, and then whatever idea I have to pitch. Okay. So, so tell those listening who are like, wait, who the fuck is this? So I'm a professional speedo fighter. I traveled the world to like choreograph fight men in my underwear and I, I'm trying my best to transition into something else so I can stop 
forcing myself to fall on my back. <laughs> How long have you been wrestling? Like 12 years, almost Wait, 13. Where the wrestling trunks, where do they do you go to have to go to a special place to get them? Yeah, like I have to Cuz they're not them. speedos. They're literally like high-waisted, right? Some of them, yeah, like you can literally make your outfit anything you want. Like John Cena literally wore shorts. He could have bought those at Walmart. I didn't I never liked his choice. Yeah. I I'm not I'm not a fan of like everyday attire cuz it kind of like takes like if you imagine you went to the circus and a bunch of people in business suits were doing the tricks it yeah. wouldn't be as fun i don't think but okay then so what do you think about someone like say uh uh mankind oh i think that fits cuz it fits, fits his character okay, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and so so when you were growing up what were your favorite outfits wrestler outfits where you were like uh ultimate warrior was fucking badass macho man Hands Macho down. man, yeah. yeah. And I always thought Razor Ramon was really cool because he had the razor blades on his butt and yeah. everything was like shiny. He had the gold chain, the toothpick. There was something beautiful in Paul Orndorff's simplicity. Yeah. Like just yeah, yeah, the yeah. fucking simple trunk, simple boots. But he had the body to look at so you didn't care about the attire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. When you were a kid, did you go, did you think, what color trunks would I wear? No. I honestly, when I was like a kid kid, didn't even think I would be a wrestler. I just knew that I loved it really yeah so when you're 29 yeah how old were you when you started watching wrestling watching yeah where you were like, like too young to know how old i was really yeah i would watch it with my dad and then i like fell out of wrestling because it wasn't cool anymore yeah and then once the attitude era like part where the rock stone cold mankind all those guys started coming that's when i like fell back into it and started. stone cold was the one that I, by the way i can't i can't sit here and tell you i'm a wrestling fan because that would be disingenuous sure. i am a wrestling fan but that's just because i'm from florida so like being from Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah. you were, it's like, it's like, I could tell you, I, I can't, I, I, I can't speak Spanish, but I can speak Spanish, but that's because I grew up in Florida. <laughs> sure. Like, I, I understand when people are talking Spanish. I know what they're saying. I yeah, pick up yeah, words. Yeah. I go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I speak enough. I, I speak as much Spanish as a stray dog in Mexico. Okay. Like, I know what no means and stop and don't yeah. cross the street. So then I speak Spanish too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, as a, as a fan, as a kid growing up in Florida, I fell in love with it in the eighties when the Von Erichs were, were really big and yep. the Texas wrestling. Did you ever go to live events? 100%. Who have you seen that's Dusty like- Dusty Rhodes. That's amazing. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes, Wahoo McDaniels. Um, we went. We used to go to the, they, the Tampa Armory, I okay. think is what was called back then. And it, it was overwhelming. I think, number one, it, this is going to sound really horrible. The same way <clears throat> someone in the theater goes to their first live Broadway show and yeah. falls in love with the theater- I fell in love with the theater watching wrestling, like meaning like same, like, just the idea, the idea of a live event. Yeah, so I fell in love with that. I like the performance part more than the physical part. Really? Yeah, the physical part blew me away. The noises. Yeah, it's how loud it's it was. Painful. We're all very heavy, large people. Yeah, falling from very high and far. Yeah. So I, I feel like I remember watching that and going like, the performance. I did. I didn't. I was really lost in it. We went a few times. We go on, I think, Friday or Saturday nights, and it was just. My, it was not who my parents were. My parents were not wrestling fans, okay. but like at all. So but, what made you guys go? Uh, well, same reason I went to Baptist church every now and then. It was like that's what that family did that night. Okay, and I was like, was with the Valeriuses, and they were like, we're going to watch wrestling, wrestling, <clears throat> and we'd go. And the I want to say their grandfather took us. We went with the family, not yeah, like yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. It was like you know, uncles were going, and we went with them. And it was it was overwhelming. I remember getting in line to get autographs. I remember Wahoo McDaniel's was such a large man, Chief Wahoo McDaniel. I think I'm saying his name right. 
but I remember just being like blown away at how big he was. Yeah. And then at that time, we got passionate into wrestling, and then the Venerics were big, and that was the one that we got. That was our Saturday mornings was out of Texas, I think. Uh-huh. And and at the same time, WWF yep was was taking off. Yeah. And I mean that was that was just undeniable. That so did you keep watching? I watched. All through the Hogan, Andre the Giant, um, Ravishing Rick Rude was to me like I'm not, I've never had a gay experience, but man, and yeah, I never you can't I, deny it. I can't deny you how can't attractive deny it. as a kid, He's a handsome man. As a kid, I was like, I'm not gay, but God damn it, yeah. is that his cock? I see. <laughs> Holy fuck! Ravishing Rick Rude is he still? He's got to be dead. He passed away, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And I'm and I know Dan, Diamond Dallas Page now. Yeah. As, yeah. as a grown man. But very tall, very big guy. I didn't expect him to be that big. But that, and then I, and then probably around the same time, you were like, "Well, it's not cool." Whatever age that is, yeah. it wasn't cool. Stone Cold Steve Austin brought me back. Right. Yeah. And, that- and, and, I'm, and once again, I, I can't say I'm a fan, but I can say that I would watch. Yeah. I was engaged by that man. I was at least like, like pay attention or know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And the the Rock, I had. We're gonna set. We're gonna. Hold off on the rock because I right. want to talk. I, want, I can really geek out on the rock. So can I. <clears throat> Hard as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the rock right now. Sure. I, like, okay. This is a great way to go. Okay. What's your favorite rock moments on Instagram? Uh, I loved the Kevin Hart, like, double phone thing. Yeah. That was hilarious. Um, My favorite rock moment of all time. This is the greatest lesson I ever learned as being an entertainer or anyone with social media. The Super Bowl just happened. I don't know what year it was. Whatever team won and whatever team lost, he congratulated the team on winning, but he also congratulated the losing team on their efforts and like bigged them both up. So at the end of it, he didn't pick a side. So he didn't split his fan base. And I was like, he's a genius. Yeah. He's a genius. Dude, six five. He's six five and played at Miami. Yeah. And and didn't go pro. How the fuck do you not go pro? Six five. He is. I would, I, I was, I'm fascinated at how his body's morphed as a movie star because he wasn't that ripped as a wrestler or big. He was or, like half the size. He, yeah, and he was just like a thick-chested, yeah, a, a soft-tittied man. Yeah, and now he is a yoked titties man. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I became obsessed with. Him. I, before I would work out, I would watch his inspirational videos. Okay. Of him in the Iron Jungle. Yeah. Just fucking putting up weight. Yeah. Just sweating his ass off. His, his. There's been moments where I watch him and I go, I, I need to work harder. The other day I, I did like a, I do a six mile run from here to the top of the canyon uh-huh. and then back and I get done. Oh, sorry. By the way, I just did uh Zane Lamprey's podcast yeah. and he, I was like, oh, how far is Bert from here? He's like, he walks here all the time. I was like, okay, I guess I'll start walking. So <laughs> oh, did you do the walk? I like got on to, I was like, this is very far. I'm just going to call an Uber. Yeah, it's. Well, I do the I do the jog from here to the d- 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 Zane lives at the base of Okay. And I sometimes will walk by his house and up a side street to get to the canyon, uh-huh. but most of the time just all the way straight up. It's a beautiful hike. My yeah. wife and I did it the other day. I did it the other morning. I come home and I see the rock on Instagram and I'm like he's up at the fucking butt crack of dawn fucking lifting weights. I guess you got to have I don't really have passion for weightlifting. I don't. But you but you're but you lift weights. I have to. It's just for my job. Like to me, that's like punching in like at a job. Do you you don't you don't enjoy it? 
I enjoy the results. I enjoy the way my wife looks at me. But yeah. other than that, like I don't actually like enjoy going there and picking things up and putting them down. Really? Yeah, I would rather eat pizza and donuts and watch a movie or So what would you be doing in a parallel universe if you not had gotten into wrestling? Oh man, I don't know. I think anything where I could just be an entertainer. Really? Yeah. So what was the draw when you first started so how did it how did you decide let's do wrestling? Sure. Uh I don't know. Like it was happening around me, so it was like I could find that very easily. It was accessible. Maybe if something else was accessible, I might have went into like I don't know, stage acting or comedy or like pursued something else. But all my friends were doing it. And I was like, this is so much fun. Like I was playing football, but doing stage acting and then professional wrestling is like I could just smash both together. So you were in Canada in Ontario. Yeah. And when you say all your friends were doing it, were you going to matches at night and watching? So, yeah, they would have like monthly events in a garage, which ended up being the school that I trained in for a couple months. Uh, so like. I would say in every small town, there's someone that never made money in wrestling teaching other people how to make money in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you, what did you like? Did you sign up for some classes? Yeah. Like, so you just sign up for the school, you sign a waiver in case you get hurt because that's going to happen. And then, yeah, they train you how to be a wrestler. But there's no like, like, you know, math, like one plus one is two. Like, that's just how it is no matter what. In wrestling, it's, any kind of art like someone could teach me one way and then i'll learn that it's terrible or it would work better for me this way in a couple of years i'm constantly like changing my beliefs on how this works so what, what do they teach you they teach you how to, how to i've seen Fall. that's the number one thing <laughs> yeah just how to like land on your back and catch yourself with your hands pretty much yeah that's the number one thing yeah that, I, I would say that is the most important thing to learn off the start really yeah just how to fall properly and because wrestling to me is somewhat complicated in that I watch these matches and I I wonder how the choreography of it comes together so quickly. See that th that is what I wish people understood more is because like once you hit a certain level, you start getting brought around like all over to wrestle the local talents to like bring that audience up and make that re wrestler better. So you'd get bring in brought in and I would meet that guy that day. We wouldn't like really go in the ring and like figure it out. We would just sit and talk like how we are for like 20 30 minutes. And then we'd figure our match out. So, okay. So let's let's start back to when you. What, what, what's your first match? Uh, I wrestled just a local guy, and it was like five minutes. Really? Yeah. And you all you knew how to do technically was fall. Fall and like just make things up as I go. I might have known like two or three moves. Really? And so yeah. now, how many moves would you say you know now? All of them. Like, like I can't do them all, but I know if I could, I'd be able to pull them off. Like once you kind of figure your body out and like how to work with someone else, like with momentum and like lifting and how to plant them nicely, it's kind of all generally the same thing. Really? Yeah. And so what's the what's the time frame on frame on going from five moves to all of them? Like it, it really depends is, is on that, who the person is, or really, like how much experience they get. Yeah, the moves too is like. Anyone could do them, and I'm sure every kid is doing them in their living room right now. So at the end of the day, that's not really the thing you're like trying to learn, because you'll just do a pile driver or a suplex naturally just by watching it. Yeah, but it's, just by having seen it, I've been suplexed before. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that guy did a suplex. I'm sure he did it fine. <laughs> so, where, where when you first start, do you get paid the first time you do it? Uh, I mean, it might have taken a couple of years. To like make any money so when you say make any money like how, like 
people always wonder like how do you get paid doing comedy and the thing is you do comedy for free for so long until till one day you go on the road and then you start as an opener and you get like 50 bucks a show which is yeah. kind of sad that that as a host they're still paying 50 bucks a show still so that still happens that's across the board every host gets 50 bucks yeah yeah there's like that's normal on like our level as well like for independent wrestling like guys will get a five dollar bill or 20 bucks or and they might have driven nine hours to do the show and then maybe just get 25 bucks and that's yeah. it and and <laughs> so what's what's the i want to know the 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 pay grade jumps where you sure. go <laughs> sure you sure go, i want to get because for us it's 50 then like 100 if you're a feature yeah and then your first round is headline you maybe make 1200 bucks then hopefully you go to 15 so it's not 1700 bucks per for the weekend for the weekend oh for six shows okay so everyone's getting that my, my 1200 for six shows those get 50 dollars per show the feature gets 100 dollars per show yeah you're as a headliner you get a just a lump sum for the weekend yep and i gotta be dead honest with you it's it's really hard to jump up out of two grand to two two grand's the leaping point for us where if you can get to three grand then usually you get three grand with bonuses meaning so, like there's so i'm curious of the the people are always curious about the what about travel or like uh like accommodations and stuff like if you're a host or a feature you usually don't get travel if you're a headliner you usually get like 250 dollars for travel they'll give you 250 dollars for flights and hotel no 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 they'll put they'll Put you up at the condo when you're really young, like you're really not making money, and then they'll move you to a hotel at like two grand, three grand. You'll get hotels. Yeah, like I've slept on promoters' couches and stuff like that, or other wrestlers' houses that got set up. Uh, so okay, so to, I guess I would say I'm in between like a feature and a headliner. Yeah, yeah, because it'll go from, and we do per day. So like. If I have three shows in a weekend, I could be in three different states and have to fly all over to make all three shows. So really, then, yeah. So like I've done like um, Chicago, L.A., and then go to Rhode Island. Jesus. Yeah, in like a three day weekend. But then I'll set up my own pay with each one, and then they'll cover the flight within the three of them, and then they'll set up where I'm sleeping or hotels. So do you have a manager? Yeah, my wife. No, <laughs> I just do it all myself. And so you'll, so not to sound like, like I really want people that are listening to almost get like a real idea of the, of the journey of what it takes to become where you are, where you were when you started yeah. to the guy you are today to become the rock. That's the goal. That's my, and that's everyone's goal. Yeah. Ultimately, even John Cena's goal is For to sure. become the Rock and Batista right now too. Batista's fucking amazing. Yeah, I love. You know, him. I, I didn't know him much as a wrestler. I just knew him as an actor, and then and I was like, I know Dave because my buddies, all my friends that have radio shows down in Tampa, still yeah. are very big wrestling fans. And then I was like, Oh wait, I know him as a wrestler too. Um. So take it to the like. What was the what was the biggest break you've had in your career right now? Meaning. I want to know from the $25 to the guy who gets to f ultimately flying around the country and doing what you love is making the dream. Yeah. It's, I'm currently living the dream and, and like I have to stop myself to like smell the roses every once in a while. Cause like I never thought I would even be doing this, but I'm also not satisfied with it. Like, so yeah. it's like, it's very frustrating. Uh, what, 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 I'll ask you what doesn't satisfy you. Like, Give me a pen, would you <clears throat> please? Austin? Uh, you're never going to find a pen in there some reason not one fucking pen works on that goddamn thing i'm gonna I, i'm i'm trying to be more professional Ooh, okay okay so wait 
So tell me about like the break, like the biggest break you've had to where you are today. Like See, what got- I think it was like multiple. Like I can't just pick one that would okay. say like this is the reason that I'm successful. It would be kind of like building my fan base all over North America just by doing the smaller shows, then becoming the big fish in that small pond, then going to the bigger show in the, in the city, becoming the champion of that company. And then it's just like climbing a ladder in like any kind of corporate setting kind of. And so how many hours a day do you think you focus on your career? Uh, hopefully my wife's not watching this. Uh, all of them? Yeah. Yeah. I focus on my career every single waking moment. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think about anything other than stand-up comedy. Yeah. Or, or <clears throat> derivations of stand-up comedy. Like I, I I'm the up, same. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm... Everything's a possibility. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So then... What was the progression? Walk me through like small timeline. I'll give you my example of how I would do it for me and sure. then you do it for you. Yeah. Um, I got very lucky early. Six months in, I got a development deal with Will Smith and was hosting shows and had TV shows and then had to go back down to a, a host. I had to go and host, host comedy like $50. And then I got very lucky. Jay Moore decided to take me on the road with him and I, <clears throat> I was his feature for like <clears throat> a few years. That's where I met Segura. That's how we became friends. And then I started doing headlining gigs for myself. Okay. And it wasn't until my machine story went viral that comedy was a viable, like, like where everything else fell to the side and comedy was the focus. Okay. Like no more. Te- I was like, I'm done with television. I'm done with movies. I'm done with everything. I just want to do comedy and I can just do that for a living now. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's my trajectory. So for me, it was just um, learning how to wrestle, obviously getting my first match. Then after that was traveling all over the States. So you could travel fairly young into the business like yeah well you could just show up at any event and be like hi my name is this i'm just wondering if you need help to set up the wrestling ring or do you need me to hold a camera do you need me to bring back the wrestlers jackets and that's how you like you're getting coffee pre- for people pretty much and, and you're just and you're just getting dude we did that with comedy yeah well so, you that's how i got into comedy as i said my name's bird i'll do anything i'll set up tables i'll yeah. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, you can work the door, bring in 25 people, I'll let you go on to the end of the yeah, night. Yeah, so I, how I ended up starting was someone said, yeah, sure, just hold this camera. And I was like, okay. And then I started making jokes and like doing commentary. And they were like, oh, you're hilarious. We should get you to do commentary. I was like, okay. So then I did that. Then they were like, all right, we need to get you on camera. We think you're like entertaining. Interview our guys backstage. So then they were like, okay, well, you're more entertaining than the wrestlers. So maybe you should just start wrestling for us. And I was training at the time. So that's how that happened. Then yeah. I met someone who traveled. I traveled with him all over, met wrestlers with bigger names. They got me in like tournaments and bigger companies. That ended up getting me my first like very, very, very terrible contract. I think my first contract was for $150 a day, flights and hotels. So like to me though, that was it. Like it was a dream. The biggest thing that ever happened to me. From that, I kind of like built my own brand and they started mistreating me and didn't want to get me a work visa to come into America. So I just like bet on myself and just quit and asked them to release me. Then I, that's when I started focusing on like building like the all ego Ethan page. Like just, I want people to come see me. I don't want people to come see the show. Yeah. So (laughs) that's what I focused on. That's smart. And then from that, it's kind of just snowballed and then landed me a contract with impact wrestling, which I am now. And you're sitting with my belt. So, okay. Wow. That's fucking fascinating. Yeah. So the one thing that I learned that I'm, that I drew out of this conversation that I think everyone can hear and should hear and go i could do that is just showing up 
Yeah. And going, hey, man, I'm here to help. Yeah. I, I Obviously, I want more than this, but I, I want to help. I understand I'm not super viable for you right now, but yeah. I want to make myself viable for you. Yeah. And I think uh, I have like a self-awareness as well. I am very self-aware. Yeah. And I feel like that helped me a lot too, knowing my place. And that didn't burn many bridges for me. Yeah. Dude, if I was going to get one tattoo on my stomach, it would be humility. <laughs> I my dad said to me when I was 26 he said you have no humility and it was I, I say humility I don't I want to make sure everyone knows the word I'm saying is that the idea of going I'm not I'm I'm just being humble and like how, how what can I do to learn yeah and that that is humility is such a, a my dad is the most humble human being in the world I wish I had his humility I fucking sometimes I wish I could fucking just take a humility pill that doesn't let you talk about yourself because uh-huh. like, i fucking that's my biggest fucking problem but <clears throat> yeah that's just showing up and going i'm here yeah who was the guy that brought you with you had a guy that you met that took you with him yeah his name was michael elgin and he would like travel all over he was the only name on your wikipedia that had a, a click in yeah yeah, yeah 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 he's doing well for himself too he has actually with impact wrestling right now he's with impact yeah so then tell me about the different different wrestling leagues sure like and and once again, I'll say it my way so that you know what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you have clubs in LA, yep. which they're not headlining clubs, but they're clubs we all work out at. Then you've got C rooms. Now, I'm not going to name the C rooms, but they're ones that usually it's one club. Like I'll, I'll name one that because I know they know I like them. Laughs Unlimited in, in Sacramento. Okay. Sacramento is not a huge market ultimately. Yeah. But they are not even the B club in Sacramento. They're the C club. The punchline's the A club. But still, it's just a club. And then, so then you have the funny bones, which are B rooms, the improvs, which are A rooms. But the funny rooms, funny bones in some markets technically are the A rooms. Yeah. But theoretically, it's it, the pecking order goes um, improv, funny bones, rooster teeth feathers is below that. Those like off market shoots where you're like Captain Brian's, not to shit on Captain Brian's. He's the A club in Fort Myers, technically. But it's just a one-off. So, like, yeah. if you do that one show, he can't guarantee you money throughout the year. He can just book you once. Yeah. If you get booked at the Funny Bones, you can guarantee you're going to probably do 13 weeks uh, th- throughout the year. If you get booked at the Improvs across the board, you'll probably also then be doing the Funny Bones, and you can do any of the C rooms you want. Okay. And then to get out of Improvs, you then go to these bigger rooms like, 550 seaters like sure like stand up live and in, in phoenix those ones usually are just bringing in big comics because they need to sell 550 seats right irvine improv is probably as big as that nowadays i mean the improvs usually are, were like 350 the funny bones were like two 250 and these big clubs are 550 and then you have theaters and the theater market's even different because you have like 1200 seaters 900 seaters you have rock venues at 600 seaters right and then you have the chicago improv which is 3700 seats i just added a second show there in the body shots fall tour so <laughs> body shots fall tickets all all available we added shows guys go to burberber.com but so tell me how does like because I, I i i have no reference for impact yeah 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 like so I, th- I would say they're in between theater and uh Irvine, like a a club, yeah, or uh, improvs, yeah, yeah. So, but it all depends on the venue that they run as well. And now with the internet, it might not be what the live audience is. 
but we stream so much of our stuff live on either our app or like Twitch yeah. that we could have multiple thousands of people watching live as well as the hundreds, uh, close to a thousand people in, in attendance. So you, you have, so the attendance is probably as big as what I remember going to a live venue is. Yeah. And like, it differs too. Like you were saying, you guys have uh, clubs that you just work out at. Yeah. Like we have shows like that too. Those are the ones that pay us very well. Really? Yeah. So like they'll bring us in either one or two, usually whatever the budget can like withstand. And then we'll be the ones either wrestling their best local talent to like elevate them so that they look better for the local crowd. Really? Yeah. So it's almost like one, one hand washes the other. Is that the right? And like, okay, so like this podcast will do great for me. It'll give me good exposure. Whereas like if someone on a, a lesser exposure level wrestled a match with me, me promoting the match and like people watching me will also watch that wrestler, which will help them get more exposure. And it's local. So when the local matches are up, people go, oh, that's the guy that last week he wrestled Ethan Page. Yeah, exactly. Or he beat him. And it's like, oh, cool. Like he just beat a guy that wrestles on TV or has the belt or or whatever. So where is him? I don't even know the the uh, professional wrestling scene. I would say WWE they're and, in the top five for sure. So what are the, what are the top five? So we've got WWE, yeah, uh, New Japan Wrestling that's in Japan, and then we've yeah. got a new one that just started up AEW. I think uh, Diamond Dallas Page was telling you about that one. Yeah. Then Impact Wrestling, and there's one called Ring of Honor. I've heard of Ring of Honor. How have yeah. I heard of Ring of Honor? They travel as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so Impact is primarily based in Canada. Uh no, America. But oh, really? like they they got bought out by a Canadian company, um, Anthem Entertainment. They own the Fight Network in Canada, so they purchased it. So they have a home base in Canada, but they also still have headquarters, I believe, in Nashville. Okay, so how does how one of the things I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around was how does a up and comer, a mm -hmm. hungry aggressive up and comer, how do they plot a path in wrestling when theoretically? It's out of your control. You can't. It, it really is out of your control. And like anytime anyone asks me like, oh, what advice do you have that you could like make it in wrestling? I don't give up because like so many people just get discouraged or heartbroken or feel like they deserve something, but they're not getting it. And that's when they'll break and just give up. But I've like I was lucky enough to be told right off the bat that like an, any entertainment, they owe you nothing. Yeah. And that you're just like a gear and you could be changed out by anybody else. So 100%. just like, yeah, just kind of, if you want to make it, just don't quit. That's it. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that when you look at someone like The Rock or Steve Austin, do you think internally they are naturally great marketers? I mean, yeah. I mean, how much of Steve, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm having Steve Austin on the podcast. That's awesome. But how much of Steve Austin, is Steve Austin and how much do you think WWE brought to him and said, we think this would be good for your brand? See, they could write the greatest script ever for like his character or like whatever they want him to be on the television show. Not everyone is going to deliver it as good as him. So like, it was so, I mean, I don't think, yeah. I don't think anyone really can wrap their head around. I, I, I can talk, I can talk professionally in front of a crowd script off script very quickly off the top of my head yeah as a comic yeah so can he much better than i could really a hundred percent dude the rock all those speeches you'd hear them give those were so well done and you realize most of them are on the fly 
back then, yes. Now it's a little more scripted, which I think is hurting it. Yeah. But in like the climate of the way things are right now, they just want to be sure that people are saying what they want them to say and not like going off script and maybe offending people because they used to millions of dollars of sponsors. So really, well, for like WWE for their television, yeah. That's, I mean, that's just insane to me. Yeah. So there's a lot on the line when someone's holding a live microphone on a live show. But when I, when I look back at like, yeah, when I look back at like Dusty Rhodes old, uh, his old reads yeah, yeah. that he do, what is, what is that called when you do, when you a just, promo? Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Promos. Dude, I, I've, I've based so much of my career off wrestler promos <laughs> of just, I think like, a lot of people have, to be honest, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. They're colorful characters. They're all very well-spoken and every single one of them has a confidence or like a chip on their shoulder that everyone wants. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I was so I remember I remember I spent many a night drunk in this man cave high watching Dusty Road promos. I mean that's a good way to live. Yeah. And and then just getting into a spiral of watching great promos. Yeah. Rick Flair has some of the best promos. Oh yeah. But like the, those guys you could feel what they were saying because they believed it. Do you think do you think cuz part of me goes who Rick Flair is on stage is kind of who he is yeah do you feel like i and and i think part of me bought into that in comedy where i was like i could who, see that yeah, yeah, yeah like who hulk hogan is is who he is yeah that's hulk hogan's hulk hogan right fucking uh i never i never could really connect to comedians at least who weren't who they said they were Right. I noticed that very quickly too and kind of like changed the trajectory of my career and stopped like solely being whatever character I play in the ring. Like I want people to know that I, I'm easy to talk to. I'm approachable. Like you can hit me up on social media. I'll respond to you. Like I'm okay with everybody knowing that what I do like professionally, it's just my job. Yeah. That's why I started uh, like a vlog is to show people like who I actually am. So once I leave wrestling, but that's I, who, that's who you. But that, see, in my head, I go, that's who you are. Yeah, 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 yeah like exactly. That's, that's yeah. what I mean. I want people to know who I actually am, not like who I'm being paid to portray. And it happened because uh, Impact, when they first hired me on, the only position they had was for like a character actor, pretty much, where I would play like a very, very goofy and stupid like lawyer. Like we have skits on YouTube. Uh, and it's just us doing like weird claims. Like a guy gets hit by a car. We run up and try and give him like, hey, you need to sue this guy. So like we'll do stuff like that. Like I had a goofy voice, glasses. I dressed in like a suit and tie. It was super corny, but I killed it. And I was like, I don't want people to think that this is who I am. Yeah. So then I just changed everything like with how I like tweet stuff out or post on social media. I was like, this is my job. Like You got pr- protective of your own yes, persona. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. So does so in a play in a company like Impact, do they have like a writing team? Yeah. Multiple people. And and so what like what's an average work week look like for you? Like, do you get calls from the writers and they're like, so So like we'll show up either the day of and they'll let us know what we're doing, or they could even be rewriting it the day before. Um, I've gotten to a point with the company now since I've been there so long that I'll show up and they'll have a script, but they'll also be like, yeah try it without what we wrote we'll see which one we like nine times out of the ten they'll just pick the one that i just spit out 
yeah. because it comes off more natural and i'm not trying to force some lines on the screen yeah and so did did you get to pick your tab tag team partner uh no but we were tag team partners previously and we had really good chemistry and it just worked out great and they and they were like look we're looking for a tag team partner what do you think about dot 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 and you're like yeah definitely yeah <clears throat> that's fascinating yeah and so how does it I, I keep getting hung up on the idea that everyone wants to be the champ. Yeah, I used to be like that. Really? Now I don't care. You really, because really? I don't think the power is in the props anymore. I think the power is in the people and like who they actually give a shit about. So like, it's very cool that I'll be like in history books as a former champion. So like, I guess I etched my name in history forever, which is that I'm cool with that. And you're cool going, I'm good there. Now let me do my thing. Yeah exactly like that's they let me like film backstage and like i guess like show a different side of professional wrestling to my audience and it makes and so the, your vlog is all access yeah that's pretty fucking cool yeah i wish i watched your vlog now that's all right fuck what's um do you edit it yourself i do it all i was editing it in the uber on the way here that is that is the future yeah that is the future in my opinion if we're looking at the future of entertainment I don't know as much. I feel like there is still needs to be more mystery and comedy. I think a lot of people are putting out so much content, myself included. I think maybe I'm, for the record, I'm speaking only to myself. I'm not talking about any of my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, I'm putting out so much content now that I feel like part of me feels like I had a meeting with someone and they go, um, I told them what I wanted to do and they were like, cool yeah but you kind of already do that like what what would people pay for, for for you and i went see me live and they go no like art wise like why would someone pay to see, like like what other than you you, I, you know i have right now i i'm putting out like roughly three or four podcasts a week uh-huh. I, pu I put out videos on instagram they're like what would people pay what's different i do something's burning and i was like yeah what the fuck i need to like I'm gonna take my shoes off. I'm sorry. Sure. I, I'm it's your house. I've never, I'm not a big shoe guy on a podcast, but these ASICs are fucking awesome. By the way, I want to let everyone know I'm not sponsored by fucking anyone. I've been talking a lot about products lately, and everyone's like, are, you, are these all brands you're working with? No, I'm not sponsored by anybody. I have reads on my podcast. That's it. I for sure might buy some of those glasses you guys were talking about the fucking a week or two shady ago. Race. Yeah, yeah. Cause you guys are, God I can't believe I got it. two pairs for 40 bucks. I was like, they're oh, good I'm glasses. And by the way, I had an expensive player pair and I lost them today. And I was like, fuck, I need to go. I'm going to go. I don't I'm going to go. I'm, I don't want to go to the mall to get sunglasses. Yeah. Just going to fucking order Shady Rays. Yeah. Great sunglasses. Um, what, what was I talking? But no, but I, for, for me, I feel like there needs to be more mystery. But I think for you, there's so much mystery already attached with what you do that behind the scenes is beneficial. Yeah, and and like there's mystery, but also people think they know everything about like what we do as well. And mm -hmm. I think I do the vlog to kind of remind them, like, you don't know the inner workings of all of this. Like, so much goes into just putting on one show, and we have to do multiple shows. And it, like, it's a lot. What do you think the production budget of one live wrestling show is? It could depend. Someone could run a show on three grand. You think? Yeah. I know personally. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think the average show at Impact is costing? Oh, probably upwards of like fifty to sixty or more thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. But they're like they have like the jumbo screens and like they'll just like it could they could 
like I we did three shows in LA this weekend and they were all smaller venues but uh like they still had like the video screens and all that stuff and lights and the crew to set it all up it's, now are you done in LA yeah this is the last last day you doing a show tonight no uh I have just one more podcast after this and then I fly out at like 7 30 and then how long are you home for I land, I'll see my wife for a couple hours, then I'll drive out to Toronto. I do like a live Twitch show every Tuesday night. And then I wrestle Wednesday night, Thursday night. I fly Friday to the UK. I have four shows in two days. And then Monday I fly home. So that's like my next couple of days. It's fucking aggressive. When are you when are you work <laughs> when are you working out? Uh in the mornings or in the hotels or before I wrestle just with bands. Like I just try and fit it in as best as I can. And like I'm at like a bubble bursting moment in my career so like if i don't just keep trying to like pop out i'll just be stuck there and i don't want that to happen so like i take on way too much but i'm just trying to go as hard as i can right now dude um you're preaching to the choir right yeah. now <laughs> yeah I'm, i've i've definitely overextended myself i don't i don't think i've said no to a project yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually I, tell you, I said no to a game show but like but like i feel like i'm at that place where i go i keep saying Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, and like your wife's podcast, by the way, has improved my marriage and home life way too much because should improve mine. my wife can relate. And she's oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm not the only one that has to deal with this crazy guy that just leaves and shows up. And oh, uh, thank God. I'll tell you what, There's, I really think podcasting is is taking things to the next level because I think podcasting is going to the next level because I think people like my wife or Christina Pajinski, or Christina P, Tom's wife, who does her podcast about motherhood. Yeah, is I would listen to the one that she did with Alyssa Milano. I'm not like I'm not a super political guy. I kind of stay away from Melissa because she's so much, yeah, so volatile about public uh, politics. Huge fan of hers her, her whole, whole life. I've loved. I had a crush on her when I was like fucking 13 years old. Man, it was a great fucking podcast. Yeah. And if I had, was a mom who had just had a baby and was going through shit. I would find that to be goddamn gold. Uh -huh. I'd be like, this is the most valuable thing I can listen to. And I think even my wife, now granted, you got to be a wife of someone who's a lunatic who travels nonstop. But yeah. if you are, man, you can connect to my wife's podcast very fucking quickly. Yeah. And you have a one and a half year old? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Little Gabriella. She's beautiful. Dude, I'll tell you the mistakes I made. <laughs> I'm, I was gone the majority of my daughter's lives. So, Still am. Uh, my daughter was born February 11th. I think I flew to England February 13th. I came home after a week there. I was home for a day and a half, and then I flew to Japan for five weeks. So I missed. Essentially, I was I was in an elevator going up to wrestle in one of the most famous arenas in uh, Japan, Corken Hall, and one of my friends was like, "You know, it's really cool that you're here and this, you get to debut in this arena. It's like a good milestone, but." Do you know that your daughter has been alive longer than you've known her? And I'm like, how does that even make sense? It's like, well, you're here. She's eight weeks old. You've been here for five weeks. So, like, you haven't even been there for half of her life. And I was like, what a dick. Dude, uh, I can't I feel like we have parallel paths. <laughs> Georgia was born June 6th. June 8th, I was on a plane to Miami. To work with David Tell. I worked with David Tell that weekend, Daniel Tosh the next weekend, and Louis C. Kidd the last weekend. Yeah. Three weeks in, and I had maybe seen my daughter four or five days. I'd fly home for a day, hang out, and they were all in Miami. I was flying 
LA to Miami, LA to West Palm, LA to Miami. Yeah. I've, I know the struggle. And I think there's a lot of dads who probably listen to this who go, yeah, th- this, this is the gig. Yeah. I remember talking to Chris Hardwick. And I don't, I think Chris is, I think Chris is a great guy. I think he's a little out of touch in like what regular people's lives are like. Right. I think he knows what it's like to be him. Right. I don't think, I don't think he's ever really had, I don't think he's ever really had like a real life, meaning sure. like, like a regular life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was on singled out as a fucking 20 something. He was been famous his whole adult life. He's yeah, very that's... driven. He's very smart. He's very talented. But when it comes to like being a regular human, I mean, he, I, I remember watching a video of him swimming in the Hearst mansion. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think we have different paths in life. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I had, a, he, I was on his podcast and he was like, so, so like you have two kids. And I was like, yeah. And he's, and you, you still do the road. And I go still do the road. I'm, I have to do the road. I have two kids. Yeah. It's not like I had two kids. And I was like, wow, I guess I need to retire now. Yeah. And he was like, well, don't you find that irresponsible to like not be living with your children? And I was like, yeah, I could get a job at, at Lowe's or Home Depot yeah. and not follow my dream and not have the opportunity of making more money and doing what I love. Yeah. Or I, like they don't go in hand in hand. And I, I really was like put off by that question because I was like, it seemed very privileged. That, that Yeah, like, like you don't have the option to have like what you've earned for what you've done by just working at a random job. Yeah, like like I go, I don't... I. It, it seemed like a, a single guy telling me how to raise kids. It was uh-huh. so, like, and I was like, hey, man, I remember all I could think was there are guys that go away to the military for two years straight. They have a baby and then they go, they have to go, they get caught, put in service. Like, it's fucking squirrels. The For real? Yeah, squirrels are running. You hear it? Yeah. Yeah, squirrels running around. Squirrel on a hot tin roof. And so, <laughs> um, and I remember being so dismayed by that question and it's i always feel good when i see other dads that are like oh no 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 i have to pay the bills like this is how i make money yeah this is listen i go on a fucking crab fishing boat for five months we're gone for three three weeks at a time and i'm back and for a a day and then we go back out or i work on a fucking i think it's because it looks like we're having fun all the time and even with the stuff that we put on social media or like even my vlog like I try my best to keep it as real as possible. Like if I'm having a tough travel day, I'll force myself to pull the camera out and be like, I look like shit. My life is shit right now. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. But nine times out of 10, everything we do is fairly cool or like all over the world, really. So for them to be like, it's irresponsible. Most people just think we're just out having fun. I think a lot of people look at my lifestyle too. And they're like, oh, so you just party your fucking balls off. And I'm like, no, like I'm, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm I'm stuck on this this concept about shame, about um I posted something about wanting to uh buy a bull mastiff on Instagram the other day and the shame posse came after me and was like, because you wanted to buy a dog? shame on you you should adopt, and I read one comment and I was like oh I'm not listening to you and then my buddy was like dude did you see how many comments you got and I was like no he's like dude they are go pretty hard after you and I go yeah it's doesn't affect you when you don't give a fuck right like when you really don't give a fuck i go hey guys i'm not listening to you like i I appreciate your sentiments i definitely have adopted a dog we haven't adopted a cat we've adopted animals when it comes to a big animal i'm going to meet the mom meet the dad make sure it's got a good fucking prey drive like it's not like a lunatic fucking dog yeah 
and then I will purchase it and I will bring it to my house. You're not going to shame me into living your lifestyle because you did that. Everyone should adopt dogs. Also, Great. they probably didn't do that. They, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people just fucking attacking you going, whatever. And I think, you, but my, my point is you can't, you really can't control anything other than what you know to be true. Yeah. Right? And so when it comes to what people assume our lives to be, I've seen guys get caught up in like trying to let you know they're I'm not what you think I got but you are as long as I think it yeah like so if people want to think that I'm wasted every time I get on stage so be it right I can't stop that I can't I my buddy uh obviously my best friend Sugura he made a joke to call me the world's most racist comedian okay it was a joke. I didn't. I personally didn't enjoy the joke. Yeah, I don't for like. Sure. I don't like the gameplay of the joke. Yeah, it goes up in my comments all the time, and uh, <laughs> but I can't stop it. I can't stop it. And my manager and agent saw it, and they were like, "Hey, we need to get in front of this." And I was like, "No, we don't." Yeah, I go let them do it. What are you gonna do? They're fu- they're having fun. Yeah, they're fa- they're fans. Play into they're not, it. Not, it'll just be not, worse. There are some people that hey, I'm sure they hate me. They enjoy doing it, but for the most part, everyone's a fan of mine. They like it. They think it's funny. Other fans know it's a joke. People that didn't know it's a joke get in a fight. It's it's fucking comedy. That's all I do is comedy. And even our social media is a form of entertainment. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my social media is just it's just entertain. It's just me fucking around. Um, and I have shown the bad parts, uh, of of life where Mm -hmm. I go, where I overshare. I remember one time I was on uh facebook live or something or twitter no what, what was the one periscope oh yeah yeah and i was fucking ranting about how my pants didn't fit how fat i've gotten okay and i had to go to this party and i just poured a drink and i murdered it i was standing right there ron bennington called me the next day he's like are you okay <laughs> like huh he was like are, i mean are you having like a meltdown i go no it's just a moment like you can't you can't control it yeah you know and that's i, I think- am the exact same yeah Especially like we, like me personally, like I go hard for everything, like twenty four seven. There's there's gonna be a breaking point yeah. where you're just like, this is just too much. I just need to let this out, and then I'll just be good again. Yeah, I feel like that. How does how's your Instagram? Like, I am awful at Instagram. Why? Twitter, great. Uh, I'm trying to get the YouTube up. I know that one's a lot slower. How many subscribers Instagram, do you have on YouTube? I uh, just passed. 4,000 close to five, but I like what just started. Is I do I really? Sorry, you should never give me a fucking pen. Let's take a look at your uh oh. Oh, new one, new two bears, one cave is out right now. Yeah, um, I got the alert sitting on your curb. Oh, for real? <laughs> um, this is a good one because we were talking about that racist thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. We talk about race in America, and I, and it's by the way, I'm not racist at all. But we have a conversation about it, and it's, people are going to edit it so that I look oh, just yeah, totally yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking racist. But whatever, he can't control anything. Um, what were we just talking about before Instagram, that? Instagram, YouTube. Oh, yeah. so, oh I, was, I was, I got distracted. Fucking Tommy texted me. Um, I wanted to take a look at your YouTube page. See, I think by doing a vlog, you would be automatically... The vlog is what made my Instagram good. 
Oh, okay. So uh, by me doing a vlog, I I got better at Instagram immediately. So how do I like transition one to the next? I'm looking for you right now. Is it under Ethan Page? Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, all made-up days designed to get you to buy more stuff. Let me tell you about another made-up day. They call it Sell Your Shit Sunday. Yeah, Sell Your Shit Sunday. It's a day you sell the stuff you don't want or use anymore. It's created by Mercari. You know Mercari, the selling app that makes selling your stuff fast and easy. Here's what you do. You go through your home. You find all that good stuff you don't use, the phone in the drawer, those jeans that you wore only once, that handbag hiding in the back of your closet, or the brass German spittoon you bought. No, it's a, a, a tin toy from the 1940s. What? Yeah. I, I went to an antique store in my small hometown of Dallas, Oregon, and we love American pickers. So we were kind of going through the antique store and trying to see what we could find. And, and they always grab these small tin toys. And uh, so we look it up online and it's worth like twelve hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Bought it for ten dollars and we're flipping it on Mercari. It's already got a bunch of views right now. We're just waiting for that special collector to come along. It's nice. That, it's that simple. All you do is add a few pics, a description, and boom, your item is connected to millions of buyers. Super easy. Mercari even emails you shipping labels when you sell it. Everything ships too, so there's no awkward meetups with strangers. <laughs> Some fucking guy who wants to, who's 50 years old, lives in his mom's basement, is like, I've been looking for a tin German toy my whole life. <laughs> Good thing you don't have to do that. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average of 4.8 star rating. Why not give it a try? Halston did. Finally, an app that makes you money. Check out Mercari and make every day sell your shit Sunday. The day may be made up, but the money is real. That's Mercari, M-E-R-C-A-R-I, the selling app. I'm going to really work on this. I want this to sound beautiful, Leanne. You ready? I think there's something we all can agree on. Nurses, doctors, dentists, and people who work in the medicine and healthcare are pretty much awesome. And all of us can think of a time when medical professionals helped us or a beloved family member. These amazing people dedicate their lives for caring for us and serving others. Shouldn't these amazing people wear scrubs that make them feel good? What these amazing people do every day is so much more than a job. And what they wear is so much more than a uniform. Shouldn't their scrubs help them feel good and perform at their best? Figs is an amazing company that is making scrubs stylish and functional for the people who deserve it most. For years, nurses, doctors, dentists, all those awesome medical professionals were forced to wear ill-fitting, scratchy scrubs. Not only were they ugly and uncomfortable, but they weren't designed with the innovative technical properties to protect and hold life-saving tools. Figs creates the highest quality of medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best feel their best, and can perform at their best every single day. Figs gives back, and you can too. Figs scrubs are infused with antimicrobial properties to control odor, ridiculously soft, moisture-wicking, and features four-way stretch. 
Figs are made with yoga waistband and come in a variety of style, from classic straight legs to joggers and even skinny styles. Figs gives back, and you can too. Every time you shop at Figs, they give scrubs to healthcare providers in need around the world through their Threads to Threads initiative to date. Figs has donated hundreds of thousands of sets in over 35 countries. Speaking of giving, Figs makes a great gift for the lifesaver in your life. A Figs gift card's available, so the next time your doctor, your nurse, your dentist, hell, even your dermatologist or pediatrician saves the day, tell them thank you by sending them Figs. So whether or not you're one of those amazing human beings that works in healthcare or someone who wants to say thanks to these deserving folks, Figs is going to make it that much easier by providing you with 15% off your first purchase by using my code, BERT. Get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs.com, that's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com, and enter my code, BERT, at checkout. Sincerely, these pants are so comfortable, I can sleep in them, I can wear them on airplanes, or I can wear them out to the store. They look, feel, and make me feel that good. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. I think that sounds fucking great, don't you? I'll tell you what you need to do. This sure. is number one. Yeah. You need to take your vlog yep. and do a sizzle reel for one minute. Yeah. And put the be posted. Every time your vlog goes up, you post an Instagram post that is a sizzle of what the vlog is this week. Oh, okay, I do that. You do that? Yeah. Okay, perfect. That's I do like one. a little five reasons to watch thing. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, your inst- you should be really aggressive on Instagram stories, I think. Yeah. I, I am, and I, I find that like the traffic I get on Instagram stories, and for me, it helps drive pick people to my live shows. It sells tickets. How does it drive in people to like follow? Uh, I, I don't it, I don't need people to follow me. That's for the that's for the people. I'm trying to keep the people that are with me engaged. Entertain. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Is like like uh, I, I you may get new fans from it. I guess I don't know. I personally feel like that is to keep the people that are following you. For me, it's I think it. I'm like at 930,000. That is for them to go. Oh, that's right. Uh, Bird is a comic I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking ah. Oh, so you you're know. always in the. So eye. they're they're so that they're constantly going like, "What's Bert doing today?" Yep. Like, uh, and I try to make my. I, I try to show Instagram stories. I try to have everything have an arc. So it's. I learned this from Casey Neistat. He said, "Um, everything, everything. It's called Instagram stories." It should be a story. Yeah. So you should tell something beginning, middle, end. Like today I would have done, I would have, this would have been my day for you. I would have gotten on. And I would have been like, big day. I'm going. I'm still in Hollywood. I leave for London in a couple days. By the way, this is super inside baseball, okay? Now you're going to, I'm telling you everything that my brain thinks about Instagram stories. And I hope that you don't look at my Instagram stories now and go, look at this fucking snake oil salesman. <laughs> I would be like, last day in LA, we had great matches. Uh, I got a big day today. I'm doing Zane Lamprey's podcast, Burt Pricer's podcast. Um, and uh, But right now, I'm going to go work out. And then I'd take down to the gym at the hotel. I would have worked out. I would have maybe even just, I would have, I, if I was you, I, not me, but like, I, usually I do something like uh, an, an, uh, an acknowledgement to like Jocko, who's down working out at four in the morning. Uh-huh. Like if it's four in the morning and I wake up, I'm thinking about Jocko. So I do a fucking post about Jocko. Okay. Or if I'm running, I think of David Goggins. I do a post about it. Like acknowledging 
these are the guys that inspire me to or yeah. the rock if i were you i'd be doing an instagram story of the rock every fucking day see like in our industry because he's a professional wrestler it would just look like i'm just trying to get his attention yeah 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 you know oh, what i mean way, yeah i can read into a lot of that yeah. <laughs> so then and then i would have done a, uh i would have done an instagram story with zane i would have done i would have definitely said zane says bert walks this every day i'm i'm doing bert's walk bert walks this every day and then halfway that i've been like, fuck this i'm getting an uber done an instagram story in the uber just let everyone track your day and 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 if, if you have a good day, if you have a big day like today in Los Angeles, and I'd also plant the seed of like, I'm going to be in the UK in five days so that people are like, oh, okay. so like people are laying back going, oh shit, Ethan's in the UK, isn't he? And then they go over to your page, they go to your stories and like, oh fuck, I would have your stories for me as replaced of a need of a vlog because I just, like yesterday I had an eagle, I hit an eagle playing golf, not hit an eagle, I scored an eagle. <laughs> and now I'm very cognizant because I am affected by the amount of people living lavish lifestyles. I'm very cognizant to try not to just throw lavish shit up there. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I'm very cognizant of going like, there's a, when I worked at Travel Channel, I never used Instagram because I did a couple times and I read the comments and people were like, bro, we get it. This is all just some humble brag of how great your fucking life is. Right. And I was like, wow, that's not, I was I was like I'm blown away that I'm on a boat a private proud yacht of it. in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So I was very cognizant. Now if I do something if now I just try not to overthink it. Okay. But like but like for work stuff all gloves are off. Like if if you're going to the UK, I would be talking about that on my Insta stories. I would be sharing the journey. I'd be on the plane only because it I just think Eliza did it so well, but it was like I would follow her doing things. Do you think it would kill the vlog? Like you think, like it, it, if it I give too the much? Vlog. Okay, I think it, I think you can do both. All right, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cross pollinate. Like I wouldn't. If you're doing the vlog, do the vlog. The Insta stories should be like little quick ones, just that random are like, stuff. Okay, just random stuff or like fun stuff. Find a branding in it that that connects with you. But but yeah, I, I, I you're right about the rock stuff. I. I watched, uh, I'm friends with this guy. I'm not friends, I don't even know him. Uh, Brad Leone. He does a cooking show on Bon Appetit. Okay. And he had Maddie Matheson on his show. I watched it last night. I had a panic attack at midnight. Started watching vlogs and uh, or cooking shows. And I was watching and I've been in the business so long that I'm so savvy to what people are, what people's intent are. Yeah. So like, you could see Maddie Matheson was like, by the way, I hope this doesn't come off shitty. It was like, Bon Appetit's a big fucking channel. Right. This guy Brad is blowing the fuck up. And Maddie was trying to like shoehorn in, we need to do more episodes together because this will help me sell books. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I've done it a million fucking times. Right. I, to the point, said, I'm laying in bed and I go, he's going to mention it one more time before the show the show's over it's almost over i go he will mention it one time in the outro when they go hey thanks today was a great day he will mention it one time in the outro because that's how i work yeah, that's yeah. how my brain works sure enough he's like Dude, this is great we had a great time these tacos were great remember we're going noodling and i was like you motherfucker uh -huh. like you can't slide one past me so i can i i think you're right about the rock like i definitely do shout outs to the rock because i want him to notice me right but I can see in the same industry 
that would be me like being like doing shout outs to david spade yeah and like I, I like i've tweeted at him multiple times and gotten a response and yes it feels amazing it's, you have no idea i've i've had rock respond to me once it's the it's greatest the feeling in the world he called me champ he said i looked like i was on creatine it was great it was a glorious moment uh but i can't be doing that all the all day every day people would be like oh, okay we get it yeah looking for a retweet or something so when you look at the rock's career what do you think was what do you think was like give me some tentpole moments where you go this is what made, took the rock to where he is today and I then and then a we're lot gonna... of it was timing what okay. like when when he became a wrestler and like grew up in wrestling because that was the stone cold era and that was the most popular time in wrestling his skill is like unmatched on the microphone and just like a natural charisma he could probably go with no script or point and entertain people with a microphone for an hour and just shooting the shit with them he could probably do stand-up yeah, easily like easily just because he has like a natural charisma and like aura about him that like i would just be drawn to him and i would awkwardly laugh at every terrible joke he told me just because i'm like he's so charming dude he i want to I, I my goal is for him on one of his cheat days when he eats those fucking piles of pizza yeah, yeah. or sushi or pancakes cookies, pancakes yep. and watches netflix i'm like come on bro just watch my special just fucking secret time what the <laughs> fuck bro like how the fuck can that you know what I should do? I should do a video where it's like, hey, guys, it's one of my cheat days. I'm going to watch one of the Rocks movies and put one of his first movies on. That's great. Yeah, he is just such an inspirational, inspirational character. Yeah, and positive, too. Like, I that's my goal. Like, I, he could probably never win a wrestling belt or even do another movie again. Just who he is and the audience that he's grown throughout his career like he could have a positive effect on the world just by like tweeting something out or posting a video. That's all I want. Like it's a lot of power and like I guess um what's the word I'm looking for? Like not persuasion but like influence. Yeah, influence, that's it. And like I I would love that cuz I know that I would be able to handle it in a way like gracefully, I guess, and actually like impact people in a good way. So what do what what is you you said you talked about not being satisfied? Yeah. What is what is your path? What do you, what do you want to come from this career? I just don't want to have my family stress about anything, and I don't want to even think about money. I just want to live my life. Like that's not doesn't mean I'm going to go buy a mansion and like a bunch of fancy cars. Like that'll never be me ever in my entire life. I would probably just buy more action figures for my basement. Like. For me, it's just to have no stress and only focus on things that make the three of us happy. So, what would that be? Would you can? Would you like ha, like? Talk I would still through, perform. Talk me through the next next eleven years of your life. To Forty years old. Like dreams, dream scenario. Okay, Put okay, in the okay. Put okay. in the universe. Uh, dream scenario. I wrestle for another maybe three to four years. Yeah. Accomplish as much as I can. Uh, work for all the major companies just to kind of like dip my toe in everything and say I did it. Then I would leave wrestling and either get into stand-up comedy or like acting for movies. Really? Yeah. You'd like to do, you'd like the, ultimately the rock's trajectory would, what is what you'd love to do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Which is, uh, I guess like ludicrous for just some random guy from Canada to just say. It's but ludicrous. It was ludicrous from a random guy from fucking Miami or Hawaii to say. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't think any of us saw The Rock being who he is today. No. I, no. When he f did his, his first movie was The Mummy. 
Uh, yes, he was. That's the Scorpion King debut. Yeah, and uh, I was like, I was like, eh, we've seen these. I loved it. I did too. And then, and then all of a sudden, he was in. He started coming up in movies. I was like, God damn it, am I falling in love with this man? Yes, you are. And then you were like, and then it got to like Jumanji. I went down. I said, that's the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. Unreal. I had a dream. I kissed Kevin Hart on the lips last night. I swear to God, <laughs> I had a dream. I kissed Kevin Hart on the lips. We were at a party, and it was, uh, it was all black people and no one knew why why i was there and i didn't know i was there okay and kevin walked in i went oh it's kevin's party in my dream i was like now i know why i'm here and everyone was losing their mind over kevin and he came around uh, like i was sitting here on on a couch Mm -hmm. and he came around the back of the couch and was like birdie bird and i was like what's up kev and he came in to give me a hug and i turned around like this and I, i just kissed him on the lips on accident I meant to like give him a kiss on the cheek, but I kissed him on the lips. He's okay. Like, and he was like, no, no, man. No, God damn it. You kissed me on the lips. And everyone was like, what the fuck did you do? And I was like, I'm, I'm wasted. I'm sorry. That was in your dream? It was in my dream last night. Like kissed Kevin Hart on the lips. Oh, cool. The, um, but yeah, The Rock, his path was, Jumanji was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Uh, yes. Most fun I've had in a theater with my family in a very long time. So I have a lot of movie producers that listen to the show. So what's your movie? What movie do you want to do? Ooh, honestly, what do you want to play? I just want to be the quirky friend. I think I would be able to pull that okay, off. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> the Rock didn't look at this career go, I, guess, I don't know. I wouldn't mind being the That's how he started. He, he would play like side roles or no. What? Go watch Be Cool. What's Be Cool? He was in that. He he was like a very small role. Oh, so you want to start with small roles? Yeah, yeah. Cause, okay, what's what do you want to like? Like, what do you want to do? do oh, you want to be action like, star for sure. Action star. Yeah. Okay, what's yeah. your movie? Oh, I don't know. It could be gonna, absolutely anything. Maybe what we about, actually... What about... Okay, ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to soft sell you a script. Okay. Terrorists come in and hold hostage a pro wrestling match. Yes. This is a great script. I'm loving it. There's a live audience. They're all in danger. Yeah, live audience. They're like, everybody down. Why did I have to give them that accent? What was that accent? What would you say that Everybody was? down. It does not sound American. It sounds like something racist. <laughs> okay. Okay. Everybody down. All right. Wrestling match stops immediately. Everyone thinks it's a bit. Right. right? Yep. And so they're like, yeah. They're into it. Yep. Right. The fans go fucking nuts. And these guys enter the ring. Okay. I'm, so, I'm, I'm just coming up with this pitch right now. Yeah. The fans think it's a bit. The wrestlers know it's real. Where do the where do the terrorists come from? The entrance way. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been. I've never been to an Impact Wrestling match. All right, so there's a backstage area. Yeah, everybody gets changed. Then you go to what we call the gorilla position, which is your rate right about to go through the curtain, and you wait for your like your cue. Okay, they they end. <laughs> the terrorists don't know anything about professional wrestling. Yeah, they enter through the gorilla area. Yes, so by accident. By accident, so everyone thinks it's a bit. Yes, and they go fucking nuts. The wrestlers are confused. Yeah, they're playing along with it. Yeah, at first, see, like they would know this isn't real. So the ones in the ring would be like, why are you here? Who are these guys? Then the opponents would probably talk to each other, which would yeah. break the entire thing to the crowd. But then they would also be like, wow, they're really convincing. They're really good. The, by the way, you got to admit, this is a great fucking movie script. Am I right, <laughs> the, and the fans lose their minds. It's so real. They go in. Hold on. I've already been shot, by the way, in the back. No, 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 like no, backstage. No, no, no. you got You're the hero in. Yeah, this. exactly. I'm not dead. No, you're not dead. You no. I'm wounded. 
No, you can't have a fucking hero with a bullet wound in him. Yes, you can. Not, not, not in this script. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're right. So they take. Oh, so, so give me some impact guys that some some guys that I can put in this script. Okay, we've got uh, Tommy Dreamer. He's a extreme wrestling legend. Okay. We've got a guy named Rhino. Okay, he looks like a rhinoceros. All right, so they go. So Rhino's uh, wrestling Tommy Dreamer. Yep. When the whole shit breaks down, yeah. you're in the back. You had a back injury. Perfect. Your back's hurt, so they're trying to chiropractor your disc. So I'm getting massaged. Disc. You're getting massaged. Yeah. Right? Have you ever had a bulging disc? No. It's awful. You're talking to the person you're wrestling that night. You yep. guys are walking through the match. Okay. You're getting massaged, getting your disc put back into place. Uh, terrorists walk in through the grilling thing. You hear that, and you're like, what the fuck? Right. And so you guys come out to almost watch through the gorilla to see what's going on to yep. see what's going on and you're like wow this is fucking phenomenal you look at the writers and you're like what this, who wrote this guys, who wrote this and they're yeah. like this isn't written the fans are going fucking nuts and they go in and they kill the two guys in stage and everyone just goes wow they've really taken it up to the next level <laughs> <laughs> that you'll be cast in that role you'll be in the audience and yeah. you'll deliver that line wow this is fucking amazing <laughs> they've taken this to the next level perfect and they're like uh they're like all right if we don't get our demands we will kill one wrestler every so the fans think it's fake it's live streaming yeah but the wrestlers have to save the day this is by the way a genius fucking script yeah the wrestlers have to save the day in front of the fans who don't know it's real yeah and the wrestlers have to really yeah, win. while everyone thinks it's fake. Because they're bringing out a, each wrestler every fucking 10 minutes. Yeah. And the wrestler's like, no, no, no. And they're like, wow, he's really selling it. Yeah. <laughs> he really looks scared. How fucking great is this script? It's great. How yeah. do I save the day, though? You Katniss Evergreen it. Okay. You take someone's place. Okay. They go, all right, next up, Tommy Dreamer. And you're like, Tommy, I got this. And you go in and you use old school wrestling techniques <laughs> to fuck these guys over. Like little things like I'm, I'm trying to think like, uh, like, I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know the exact. I, I mean, I don't want to give all my fucking dreams away. All right, in so this here's script. here's one. I'm going to put this. Okay, in the yeah, script. yeah, yeah. So in wrestling, how we make ourselves bleed. I know I'm telling too many secrets, but we use a razor blade. So we'll either hide it. Some guys yeah. are crazy. They hide it in their mouths. So that's an option. They'll hide it in their wrist tape. That's an option. So when I Katniss Evergreen it and I go to the ring, I have a razor blade hidden. Oh, so these guys know so little about wrestling. Yes. That when he's like, okay. And you just almost like you take you imagine wrestling with a guy that knows nothing about wrestling. Yep. But you can help put him over. So you take one of his terrorists and help put him over. He's like, no, 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 please don't. Please don't, please don't. And then you hit yourself and you start bleeding and the other guy starts looking and going, hey, man, I said just shoot him. Why are you beating him up a little bit? And he's like, he's like, I don't even know what I'm doing, bro. And then you... <laughs> I think this is a great script. We also have the production crew, too. Like, we have control, because we're running the wrestling show, of the lights, the sound. We have pyro. Oh, do you so realize there's how, options? This is such. By the way, can I tell you that we could shoot this for very cheap? Very. I, I already work, told you we can run a wrestling show oh, for three thousand dollars. Yeah, I can, if we can do it for three thousand dollars, <laughs> it's one day. But it's. I love the premise that the fans and and literally they're all backstage going. 
this none of this is on the on the book none of this is on the book these yeah. are real terrorists and the camera guys are so jaded they're like sure they are yeah yeah all yeah, right yeah, yeah. pan in i'm gonna close up on god damn it that does look like brains how did they do that you, you guys are really taking this to the next level <laughs> and so it's live streaming to everyone it's all going viral yeah. you're a bulging drift wrestler you're ready to get out of the business all you want to do is get into movies. You got these bullshit auditions as the wacky neighbor. Yep. And you're like, dude, I kind of want to be an action star. And you decide to go in and save the day. And you become. And the, and the, the end of the, the end of the movie, the end of the movie, you've saved the day. You get the girl. You get you go viral online. Yep. Everyone thought it was scripted. Yep. It was real. But you saved. CIA comes in and cleans it out entirely. They yep. go, we're going to write this off as it was scripted. We had another project for you. And it cuts. And you are next to the rock both of you have guns like sean hobbs oh sean, my gosh and, you, and you're like and you look at the rock you go i'll take this one and and like you do the line you gave to the yeah, other guy yeah, yeah. that's how we end the fucking movie god that's damn it. great i was just at legendary like fucking 20 minutes ago i should have pitched this movie <laughs> this is such a great fucking idea if i see this in production and i don't get a dm on twitter i'll be offended i'm letting you know i'm telling you we could make this for so little because all you need is it's one location. That's yeah. what's brilliant about this. It's one location. The problem is you need about how many fans are at a normal match? Like you could do a thousand. Yeah, a thousand extras. Yeah. Yeah, thousand extras. That's a lot of extras. But when they filmed the wrestler yeah. with Mickey Rorick, none of the audience was paid. Well, yeah, but the idea of getting a thousand people into a fucking maybe I'll just make this movie. People would love to just be in a movie. I'm going to see if I can pitch it and sell it right now. <laughs> sure. Let's see if I can. I'm going to call one of my buddies who's a producer. See if he buys it. He'll he'll poke holes in it. Probably. All right. Okay. By the way, if it goes to voicemail, then you really know where I stand on his fucking... <laughs> Hey, what's up, buddy? Nothing. I'm um, in in Paris, sitting in a bar. Are you um, serious? Yeah. Are you calling me or anything bad? No, 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 no. I'm in, I'm doing a podcast, and I have a movie pitch. I want to run it by you and tell me what you think. Okay. 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 One location. It's set at a wrestling match. About t a thousand people in the audience. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. One, a big wrestling. It's called Impact Wrestling, but it's like a thousand people in the audience are live streaming it terrorists come in and take over the wrestling match thinking they're going to hold everyone hostage but the fans just think it's part of the wrestling and they keep cheering and they keep killing wrestlers one by one and the fans just get more and more into it going like god damn it they've really stepped up their production level so the terrorists can never get the fans to believe them and the wrestlers are getting murdered one by one and one wrestler saves the day what do you think amazing ah, that's oh! all i wanted to hear that's all i wanted to hear amazing. all right really amazing all right. I've had a delusion of about I've had like a daydream about terrorists taking over like an NFL football game yeah. and then somehow the NFL players like keep knocking terrorists out and then randomly comically like win without knowing they won. Yeah. This is a much better version of that. Okay, all right, all right, we got it. We're gonna we're gonna get it. I'll, I'm gonna write the script. I'll I'll call you later. Enjoy Paris. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. <laughs> what Perfect. did I tell you? I'm a movie star now. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I got you your first role. Sick. By the way, I'm going to make my first movie. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs>
I got all the connections you need. Just let me know where Dude, you want to film. He's the only connection we need. He's Perfect. got all the money. <laughs> if, if we, he can. He's his whole thing is if you can make it for cheap, like his like. And so the number one thing I'm making a movie, you can get one location. Mm-hmm. You get one location it means done. We're there eight days. We shoot the whole fucking movie. Easy. <laughs> like how I've never made a movie and I've already said, give me eight days. We're done. <laughs> eight days. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I think that's fucking awesome. Genius. So, look at your first movie. Thanks. Now what do you want to do? Ooh, after that, just stay home with my wife and kid. How much money do you think you need? <sighs> A couple million. Maybe yeah. like 20. <laughs> well, like I people will say million dollars, but like. Million dollars uh, goes away really yeah, fast. Quick. So fast. Yeah. Especially if you're in the entertainment business, you only get half of it. Yeah. But yeah. So like you get million dollars. You're like, okay, I only have half a, mil- a half a million dollars. And then you're like, after taxes, ma- managers, agents. And then you want to put some in retirement. You want to buy something. You want to treat yourself. You just got a million dollar deal somewhere. Yeah. Fucking tear through it. I'll tell you what. You want to know. And this is going to sound super sad. But like, you want to know what it's like to be. This is the, where I'm stuck right now. Because I have. I've made some good money. Mm-hmm. But if. I, I've always said, like, I don't need a big house. I don't need the fancy things. Yeah. I want to be secure financially. Same. I don't have one financial worry in my life if we stay in this house for the rest of my life. Yeah. But I've gotten to a place where you start going, like, and this is a humble house. It's, what is it, 2,000 square feet. The lot is, I want to say our lot's like 8,000 square feet. So it's not huge. Yeah. And it's a great house. But then you start going, well, I'm making good money. I can, af- I could afford yeah, I could afford a, a, a th- I can afford a three million dollar house, but do I need that? Right, that's where I sit. Do I need that? That's Does anyone? Yeah. Do I need? Do I need this? No, you don't. <laughs> no. I mean, I woke up in that bed this morning, well, in the middle of the night with panic attacks, and I was like, "This is all I need." Yeah, this is a great bed. It's a great bathroom. Got a walk-in closet. I would like our our fucking laundry room to be a foot wider because I can't get laundry out of there because we added the foot to our closet and took it out of there a big mistake but it's like it smells like a house it sounds like a house yeah. it functions like a house your kids grew up here i'm sure yeah but would i love the the fucking three million dollar house with the gated fucking fence that has a tennis court in the back we're going to look at it at two o'clock this afternoon okay <laughs> tennis so court, much for we don't need tennis it. court in the, we're looking at it but i just can't justify it yeah. i can't justify the property taxes i can't justify the spending i can't justify the freedom, the freedom I have right now is I can say whatever I want on stage, and if I get in trouble and I have to go away for two years because I said something egregious, then I can do that, and I can just work at the improv and the comedy store, and just fucking work, and I don't need I don't need to yeah. stress. But then you go like I don't know, maybe I'll buy the big expensive house once, let it ha- live, live in there with the girls, and then, but then you're like, what am I gonna just sell it in five years when they go to college? Yeah, what fucking are you gonna do? Keep sad. this house too? You have no idea. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep this house because yeah. I think this is where Leanne and I'll live for the rest of our lives. But what one and a half years old. Ugh. Don't oh yeah. Like and two, like it was so tough because when we were about to have our first kid, uh WWE had contacted me about doing a tryout for them, and then Impact had contacted me at the same time. So I had like do I go for the like the bigger company with more money? I would have to move my entire family to Florida so that they could like train me in their performance center and then prep me for television for them. Who knows how long I would be there 
miserably just getting beat up every day, just yeah. wrestling and relearning how to do what I've done for 12 years. Or, Why do they do things differently? Yeah. Well, like the way they produce their television, they want people to do things the specific way that they want, whether it's like how they structure their matches, how they are portrayed on camera, how they talk in interviews. Like it's like very meticulous and they're really? like very nitpicky. Yeah. So you have that whole mind game thing. And then this other company, Impact Wrestling, contacted me. I wouldn't have to move my family. I can fly out of whatever airport I want. I'm in control of my own schedule outside of their dates. So that worked better for me, for my family at the time. And that was like the biggest turn in my career that like, I won't let any one company dictate like where I go or what I do. So would you like to wrestle for WWE? Sure. I mean, if I never do though now, that's not like a heartbreaking thing before it used to be like really? it was either I do that or I never made it. Whereas now that's not the case. Really? Yeah. Like I would rather be more comfortable and like spend more time with my family. I feel like that's a bigger victory for me than any like fake championship or like one guy letting me wrestle in front of his crowd is and that's technically what it would be at wwe is yeah that's crazy yeah who's the big guy at wwe right now uh john cena kind of left so i guess the big guy would be a guy named roman reigns roman reigns yeah i've never even heard of him oh there you go yeah i've heard more about you than i have roman reigns yeah what's cm punk doing nothing there's like rumors he might go to this other company, the one that uh, Diamond Dallas was talking to you about, uh, oh, AEW. Yeah, but nothing is confirmed. So everyone wants him to come back to wrestling, though. What was so engaging about CM Punk? Uh, he said what he wanted. And like in a day and age when things were scripted, whether his was scripted or not, he was so convincing that you were like, everything everyone else is saying, someone wrote for them. But what he's saying, he means. So people just... And what Naturally was, he, what was he saying at the time? Oh, uh, he was like pretty much kind of had the same, I guess, presentation as Stone Cold, like against the grain, against like the corporate system, against the company, like all the suits, like he's going to do it his way kind of thing. And people can relate to that. It's Nobody so likes their boss. <laughs> no, <I> <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes their boss. <laughs> that makes sense. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. it's you find these common authentic grounds and then you speak to those storylines nobody likes their boss yeah and so why did he what what i i'm fascinated by him but i don't know anything about him i never even saw him wrestle That's i always thought he was is how tall is he i uh, probably about my height really yeah i saw him fight i saw him cage fight the ufc stuff yeah yeah which i, I gotta give it to him i couldn't do hey, it hey just for walking in there is, walking in there yeah is a big fucking i'll step. tell you i'll never do it Really? Yeah, no. I did Taekwondo. I have my black belt in Taekwondo and karate, and I, there's no chance in hell I'll ever do any of that ever again. How helpful was that when you transitioned? It's amazing. Like, really? it just helped me so much in a in the sense of like, like I was saying earlier, like knowing my place and like they teach you respect and everything and like discipline. So that in itself helped me. But just the footwork and like learning how to like fall or like control my kicks and punches and stuff like that, it helped me too. Like get to know my body before I became a professional wrestler i meant to look at your fucking instagram Ooh, jesus christ it's amazing you know when i first started in this business it, you wanted to pop so bad that you'd name the titles of your videos things that would just it was like it was almost like uh clickbait yeah yeah, yeah. like you'd be like uh black people <laughs> and then people would be like whoa what's what he gonna that? say yeah and I think we're back to that. I think oh, people, for sure. Yeah, I think it people 100% are now is. are definitely like Mexicans, and you're like, what the fuck's 
this white guy's hot take on Mexicans. What's your Instagram? Uh, official underscore ego. I need, I have my glasses. I have all my glasses here. Official underscore. Man, there's a lot of officials, huh? Yeah. And of course, it's different than my Twitter because someone grabbed the Instagram first. So now I got to wait for that account to die or buy 15,000 followers. Not bad. Cody Rhodes is suggested. You know him? Yep. Marty Skrull. Yep. MMLW. Yep. What's the Major League Wrestling? Yeah. That's another. Chris Jericho. Yep. How many followers do you think? Tommy Dream. Yeah, that's the guy we were talking about. Tommy Dream's got a lot of fucking followers. Yeah. He's got a podcast too. Uh huh. Hardcore podcast. House of Hardcore. Let's see what Tommy Dream looks like. Which one's Tommy Dream? Uh, probably the older looking guy with the goatee. Black hair? Yep. Guy, he looks like he could have been him. Is he in California right now too? He just, so like we did three shows and he's with us the whole weekend. So he's probably on his way home right now. Wow. It's amazing to see like a straight up um, industry thrive but be a, a, unaware of the industry. Um, we are like the most underground form of entertainment, I think. Like it's a, such a niche market and we have our own audience that it doesn't like cross into much. Yeah. It, on our level, especially. Like really? once you get up to like mainstream WWE style, like yeah, those guys are doing like Jimmy Fallon and stuff like that. But like outside of that, it's we're not really like doing much. But do you think, do you think that say, uh, what was that guy's name? Um, Chris Jericho? Yeah. Is he still wrestling? Yeah. So he's with the Diamond Dallas Page company. I was talking. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, but he's got like he's got a podcast. He's in a band as well. So like, oh, Chris Jericho has a cruise. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll run. Uh, it's the second year one is coming up. Chris Jericho is fucking huge. Yeah, big wrestling name for sure. God dang. But movies, we're gonna make that movie. Heck yeah. Yeah, my buddy's gonna. He's into it. <laughs> Don't tease me. By the way, I hope that this. I almost hope the Duzzy movie doesn't happen because we're going to have to take this out of the podcast, I think. But you know what? You heard it. I've just copywritten it. And if you, if I see a wrestling movie with terrorists and wrestlers, by the way, it's such a great fucking high concept idea. Yeah. I'm really hitting them out of the park these days. It is simple, too. Yeah. Easy so, story to tell. So what do you do after this? You go, are you here in LA tonight? Uh, so I changed my flight to fly home tonight. I have one more interview after this. And Who are you doing? A uh, guy named Ryan Satin. He does a uh, pro wrestling sheet. So it's just like a wrestling podcast. You should have done uh, the four horsemen of the, the four store, the store horsemen. There's a wrestling podcast from the comedy store. Yeah. yeah is that uh Tony? Tony Hinchcliffe. I, I would have loved to. Yeah. I just, I, I like, I just reached out to you cause you followed me back yeah. and I was like, Oh, this is a good way to start. And I'll just pull on threads and see what happens. Theo Vaughn ignored me. Heartbreaking. He's one of my favorite comedians. He's yeah, but he's a, uh, I, he has a different podcast than I have. Yeah, fair. Like he, his podcast is more, you know. So when I was young in my podcast, yeah. I think Theo's still young in his podcast. I, th I think it's only been around maybe a couple years. Uh, you got to get it noticed. I think Theo's podcast is doing great, but a lot of it is celebrity bookings. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and, for and sure. So and so, not to be, I'm not being disrespectful to you, but not to say that. No, Theo no, no. I'm would say this very to you, understanding, but like for. You on Theo, it's not going to do much for him because his fans want likes him to be with celebrities like Riff yeah, Raff yeah, or yeah. you know, 
And for me, I think my fans are more like, I, I kind of took the Rogan approach to it where I was like, like Rogan, Rogan has celebrities on definitely, but they're only celebrities he's interested in. Right. So for me in, in my head, when I think of a podcast guest, I go, is this something I, I could be, I'm very interested in wrestling, but I'm interested in it at the level you're at where it's, I'm interested in the trajectory. Yeah. That's what fascinated me. The fact that we're both into the rock is a sidebar. Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious about your journey and how this works. I think you, do you have merch. I do. Yeah. Do we have good merch? I actually brought you some merch. What did you bring? Uh, it's all the way back in the house, though. I'll oh, have fuck. to give it to you later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like, I would, I, I would love to have a subset of my fans become your fans. And I would like, love that too. <laughs> and 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 come to your shows and just be like, ah, I fucking love this guy. Oh, awesome. yeah. His daughter's got to be like two and a half now. He's living his dream. You know, That's... Bert's making a movie about him. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. But it's I for me, I hope I defended Theo in that. And I didn't sound like I was shitting on him. But no, no, no. I, I didn't yeah. even mean it as like a slight at him either. It was yeah. just like, those are the only two people that I listened to that followed me back. So I knew I could reach out to them. Yeah. And that like, I know I'm not going to exit the wrestling world by just talking to people in the wrestling world. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, I don't know. It's spread. a brilliant, it's, I mean, look, I think it's a, it's a good business plan in my opinion. Thanks. And it's what, it's definitely what I'm doing. Like I, but I also have done a lot of podcasts that like, people the people these kids in edmonton one time hit me up and they're like yo i thought it was worth a shot would you do our podcast i was like sure right i drove over to their house had beers with them yeah and they were like can't believe you're in our house i was like yeah this is by the way this is how i felt when i did rogan's i was like i can't believe i'm in your house so like i think that i think we should give back to the community yeah thank but you but i'm glad you did this. i appreciate it yeah thank you and so so we've your youtube channel is what uh just search ethan page vlog how long it'll show been up going an hour and a half nice so what's Ethan? Uh, Ethan Page vlog. It'll just show up. The name of the vlog is fake name, no gimmicks. Fake name, no gimmicks. I yeah. like. Ooh, I gotta see a house in fucking thirty minutes. Um, your Insta, your your Twitter is uh, official ego. My Instagram is official underscore ego. My stories are gonna get much better, by the way. Oh, they should. Yeah. And so please do stories leading up to that. Uh, the the England shows. I will. What were you wrestling in? UK? Um, I believe I'm wrestling in St. Neots and Stevenage. Uh, it's, I'm, I have no idea. I'm terrible at that. Okay. Yeah. But if you follow me on social media, I'll be posting the event posters and stuff like that. And so. then are you home for a while after that? No. You're I'm like all, yeah, I'm on the road every week. Well, I say this to the guys listening. You know, we always support each other on these podcasts. We always support our friends. If you get a chance and you're with your boys and it's a Thursday night and you're like, what are we doing tonight? Don't just go to a bar. Take yeah. a look and see if Impact's in town. Yeah, check out some wrestling. It's, check uh, out, dude. There's it's there's so much. It's so much fun, and it's not like you're going to WrestleMania. You're just going for an intimate night. Yeah, there'll be a couple hundred people there. Cheap drinks. Cheap uh, drinks. Loud, raucous crowd. You can I'm yell. Sure, they got hot dogs. Yeah, I'm sure they got burgers. Yeah, it's like sometimes I say to myself, I want to go to a Dodgers game tonight, and I'll hit the, my wife up and go, "You guys want to go to Dodgers game?" Everyone's like, "Let's go to a fucking Dodgers game." Who are they playing? I go, it "Doesn't matter." Yeah. It's about get it's about it's about a way a different way to enjoy beer and dinner. Yeah, like just go out, go see a wrestling match, and by all means, please support Ethan. Thanks. And when and if you do, come up to him after the show and go. Just so you know, the machine sent me. Yeah, buy his and merch. also yeah. make sure you're gonna watch our movie. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, we got a green light already. <laughs> we got a green light from a guy who's got a green light from a studio. So if if He's drunk enough in Paris and makes the right phone call. We might really have a fucking movie on our That's hands. That's kind of scary. We'll shoot it. We'll shoot it in the fucking Canada. Done. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll, why, I'll why, why would terrorists go to Canada? Why not? They're like, 
they really fuck it up and they go they're like we're in ontario bro like, yeah not ontario california buddy, this is not oh shit motherfucker you picked ontario canada <laughs> we don't have beef with canada i thought this was ontario california you motherfucker your mother's a fucking goat fuck Perfect. by the way i'm really good at racist accents <laughs> I, I was saying this the other day. I was like, I wish it was okay to do. I do this impression only to my Jewish friends of this rabbi we know. Okay. And it is so good, but it is borderline anti-Semitic. <laughs> it's borderline <laughs> racist, but it's so fucking good. Well, dude, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. And much. best of luck. Um, I follow you now on Instagram and on Twitter. Awesome. So I can't wait to watch your stories and see about the trip to Thanks, the UK. Dude. Yeah, thank awesome, you. brother. Thank you. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.